I'm, I thought to myself, I've wanted to start every sermon this series the exact same way. And so I'll start this sermon the exact same way as I think I have. I don't know whether I have, but I've, I've realized that I've, I've wanted to. Uh, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, and our world today will say, what relevance does a man who lived 2,000 years ago? He doesn't have any relevance. He was a man 2,000 years ago who's been dead for 2,000 years. I, n- I don't know him. I can't talk to him. I can't, I can't touch him. I can't interact with him. What relevance could he possibly have for my life? But we cannot believe the materialism of our world. The materialism of our world is it reduces the man to the, the flesh and bones that they see and that they can touch and hear as they sit in front of them in a, in a meeting or, or at, the, at the lunch table. That is not who a man or a woman is. A man or a woman is the person, the spirit, the heart of who they are. And, and that's why, in fact, that's why Jesus left. That's why he went back into the heavens with the Father, so that we wouldn't hold to the flesh and the blood, but that we would want to say, oh, I need, I need the man himself. And this is what we're seeking to do as we come here and, and talk about Christ, is we're saying, I want to come and sit at the feet of this man, the, the man who is revealed to us, through, through his words primarily, that's the revelation of who he is to us, these words that are so perfect, but they give us access to who he is, to his spirit. And um, it's, it's like we're seeking to, to honestly be like Mary. I know that Jesus isn't physically in the room, but what we're seeking to do is we're coming to sit at the feet of this spirit, the sit at the feet of this virtue, this perfection, this man, Jesus Christ. What it is, is a a penetrating behind the veil into the heavens. Uh, When Jesus died on the cross, the temple veil was torn in two. The heavens were opened up before us. The man himself who was seen in all his glory. And that's what we're seeking to do is we're seeking to penetrate beyond the appearances, beyond the surface level to actually see who he is as a person. This is what we've been talking about right throughout um, at least the last few weeks in this series. We've been talking about being versus appearing. We've been talking about the seen the things that we see and that we can taste and touch and smell and, and, and interact with in our physical material world as being not just a something of themselves, but a revelation of the hidden reality of the heavens, the earth as the manifestation of the heavens, the, the outside as the revelation of the hidden inside. You remember in Jesus' words there, he says, Go into your room and pray to your father who is unseen, your father in the hidden place. We've been talking about being versus appearing, the hidden versus the outside, the the earth as a revelation of a heaven, and, and highest of all, the human as not just something of itself, not just a human, but the human as a revelation of the Son of God. 
Uh, that's the message that Jesus comes and brings. He says, the human is not just a human. The human is to be a son of this hidden father who is in heaven. All of our creation, if we look at the material creation for a second, testifies to the outside being a manifestation of the hidden reality. If you think about a tree, uh, you see the beautiful trunk and the branches and the leaves. But the substance, the thing that holds it, the thing that has brought that trunk and leaves and branches forth is what? The hidden. The seed and the roots that lie under the ground. We don't see them, but that tree is actually held by those roots. The building that we are in, that we're residing in now, the seen, the manifested, is held by the hidden, the foundations under the ground. The outside, your skin that I see, your hair, your um, arms and your legs, they are held by your heart, your brain, your lungs, the inner, the outer held by the inner, the outer as a, a manifestation of the inner. All of creation testifies to this. Take it one step further with the building. Uh, the building, this building, you know, as it's manifested now, you know where it had its origin? It was not on a set of plans, but in the thought of one individual. The, the outside that we now see was, has come forth, had birth from the hidden, in the hidden place. No thought knowable to another man. Your thoughts not knowable to mine, unless they are unveiled, unless they are brought forth. Jesus brings forth, unveils the heavenly father, the one who is hidden, but who is there, who is actually the substance, right? That's the important thing that we need to realize. This building as it stands today has been here since about 1920s, I think, um, was about the day, I think 1927 it was built. And, uh, and that's a long time. It doesn't quite work. I should have picked another building. Uh, this this illustration isn't going to work. Let me pick um, let me pick uh, this student one building next door to us. That was built about five or six years ago. If I come along, uh, if I come along today, and burn that building to the ground, we would all be very devastated. We would say, "This is this is a terrible thing." That the building has gone. But did you know the root of that building, the way that that came about, the substance of that building remains? Where does it remain? In the thought of the architect who knows exactly how to build that same thing again. Bring that architect to me. He'll draw a set of plans and he'll say, this is the building. Here it is again. You can build it again. The building may be burnt to the ground, but the substance has not been lost. The thing that holds the roots, that hold the tree. You cut the tree to the ground. We do that every day. The tree and its roots, the substance will grow back. It will sprout again. 
The appearance is temporary. Jesus said, I will destroy this temple and build it again in three days. I will lay my body down and I will take it back up again. Why? Because my body is not my substance. My body is the, the manifestation. It's the trunk and the branch and the leaves. The substance, my substance, is the Father who is in heaven, who is unseen, who is hidden. And Jesus came and revealed the Heavenly Father by being one with him. That student one building, as a manifestation of the architect's thought, is one with that thought. It's an exact manifestation of the thought that that architect had. Jesus is the manifestation of the hidden Father who is in heaven, the unveiling of our heavenly Father. And as that manifestation, his life, he says, my life is, is here for you, my life given for you. I'm actually inviting you to know that you have a root. That you're not just a man or a woman that was born 30 or 50 or 60 years ago and is going to die in 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years. You, you have a ground, you have a root and it's the same root that I have. Know your heavenly father, be a son of the living God. This was the invitation of his life. To know, for us to know this truth, not, not to just intellectualize it, but to come to actually know it, to say, yes, this is. But there is a, uh, there's a way, there's a way in which we will, we will miss that. When you know something, you know it. And, uh, and the way that we, that we know things in this material world is through our five senses. So seeing, hearing, tasting, feeling, smelling, maybe thinking as well. All of those things are one and the same thing. They're all a receipt of something else. Do you know what? I, uh, let me explain that. Um, when I when I eat something, I taste it with my mouth. I also smell it. I'm receiving it. I'm knowing it. When I see something, I am knowing it. Uh, how do I know? Uh, how do I know Dan is? Because I see him. I hear him. I've touched him. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've. Sometimes I've smelt him, probably, <laughs> and I say that in a bad way. And because of those things, I would say, I know Dan. This is how we know the things of, of the world. I was uh, walking back from a party this morning, and there was this most magnificent jacaranda tree. Just unbelievable. And it was planted next to a purple building. And so it was this 
beautiful, I took a photo of it. It was this beautiful purple flowered tree next to this purple building. And I was like, that is a delight for my eyes to see. I, I am blessed by this vision right now. Through our senses, we, we know earthly things. But Jesus says, uh, what we looked at two weeks ago is Jesus says, do not store up treasures on earth which will perish and uh, fade where moth and rust will destroy. And what he means by that is don't cling to the building thinking that the building is the substance because one day that building will be burnt to the ground. Don't cling to the jacaranda tree as, it, as an of itself. Don't, don't cling to the, to the building as if it had no ground, as if it had no... Don't cling to the tree as if it has no roots. Think of trying to grab a hold of a tree that had no roots. A tree without roots is what? Is dead. A building without an architect is not, it doesn't exist. And what we do when we seek to store our earthly treasures is we try and grab the outward manifestation, but do so in a way believing that there's no hidden ground, there's there's nothing that supports it, nothing that holds it. And Jesus is saying, if you cling to those things as if those things are things in and of themselves, you will find that you will perish because you're attaching yourself to something that is dead. Don't attract, attach yourself to a tree thinking it has no roots. That's a dead tree. Do not store up treasures upon the earth. He says, instead, store up your treasure in the hidden place, in the underground, in the roots. Say, this is the beauty. This is the good valuable thing the the root that brought forth this beautiful manifestation of a tree and i see it's beautiful purple flowers don't cling to the and and think that that tree is something in and of itself know and believe that there is a hidden ground that is beautiful that has brought forth that beauty and that goodness know that there is an architect's thought that is really the substance of that building store up treasure in heaven what is this treasure in heaven? It is the Father himself. What's in heaven but God? God is in heaven. When Jesus says, store up for yourself treasure in heaven, he says, know God. Come and, and find God just as you find the treasures on earth, just as you see the beautiful jacaranda tree and you see the beautiful building and the beautiful people. Come and know the root of those things, the hidden root. Come and say, that is my treasure. That is the thing that is good. All of these things that I see that are good have, have their root and their ground in him. But we have to perceive him. And there's, in these verses that we read today, let's read these verses. Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, 
How great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for he either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. By my eyes and ears and nose and mouth, I, I know Dan. And Jesus is saying, in the like way, you will have eyes of your spirit that will be open to know the Heavenly Father. To say, He is the ground. Why? Because I know He's the ground. How do I know He's the ground? Because I've seen Him. Just as I know Dan is there because I see Him and I hear Him, I know my Heavenly Father is there, is because I see him and I hear him and I know him. Jesus is saying, the eye is the lamp of the body. If you have eyes to see God, you will see him and you will know him. You will know your father in the heaven, in the hidden, in the hidden place. Jesus says here that, that, that the darkness is great if your eye is bad. What he means by that is this. I can have good eyes if I just talk for a second about my physical, I'm wearing glasses, but they're not too bad. If I have good eyes and there's no light, there's darkness. If I have good eyes and there's light, there's light. If I have good eyes and there's no light, there's darkness. A greater darkness than that is this. If I have bad eyes... And there is light, and I'm in darkness. Did you understand that? If I have good eyes and there's no light, I'm in darkness. How great the darkness, though, of the man who has, who, where there is light, who doesn't have eyes to see. That is a great darkness. How great is the darkness of the man of, or the woman who is living in the presence of their heavenly Father, but they know it not. How great is our darkness if God is everywhere, the hidden reality, God omnipresent over all, in all, through all, and we do not see or perceive. That is the great darkness that Jesus talks of. And he says, the reason why you will have that darkness, the reason why your eye will be bad is because you are seeking for the appearance. You are looking and, and leaning into and chasing after the appearance without the root, without the being. You're looking to grab a hold of the tree that has no root. You're thinking that there's a tree without a root and you're grabbing a hold of that. And if you are seeking that and if you are leaning in on that, you will not be able to perceive that there is actually a hidden root, a hidden ground. And we see this illustrated quite vividly in one of Jesus' parables. I titled it the parable of the evil eye. It's, it's not titled that in most Bibles, but I think that's essentially what it's saying. Just to summarize it, I haven't got it fully on the screen, but... Uh, 
it says the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who had a vineyard and he hired men to come and work in his vineyard. And he went out early in the morning at, I think, 9am and he, he hired a lot of men. And he said, come and work in my vineyard. I'll give you one dollar, denarius, one denarius. And they say, okay, we'll come. And at 11 o'clock, the landowner goes back to the market and he sees that there's some men standing idle and he says, come and work in my vineyard. I'll pay you what is right. And they say, okay, we'll come. And then at three in the afternoon, quite late in the day, he says, he goes back to the market and there's still men standing there. And he's saying, uh, he's saying, what have you been doing all day? <laughs> They're like, no one hired us. He said, come and work in my vineyard. He doesn't even talk about money. And they say, sure, we'll come. At the end of the day, Jesus, oh, Jesus, the, uh, the landowner gathers all the, the troops together. And this is what he says. When those hired about the 11th hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first, early in the morning, came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they grumbled at the landowner saying, these last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Listen to this. Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So the last shall be first and the first last. Is your eye envious because I am generous? Uh, if we just interrogate it for a second, what the, the landowner is saying to these men, what have you actually lost? What have you lost by me giving to these other men one denarius? What have you lost? And if you, if you literally look at that logically and reasonably, you would have to say nothing. And that's the point that the landowner is making. You didn't, I, I, I hired you for Naris. Here's a Naris. You know why those men lost? Is because they weren't working for the landowner. You know what they were doing? They were earning a denarius. I know that, I know that sounds very similar, but listen to that very carefully. They were not working during the day in the vineyard. They were earning a denarius. Their eye was jewel, insincere, evil, double. What they seemed to be doing, they weren't doing. Why? Because they were chasing the, the wealth for themselves. They thought they were earning. And so when these other men who hadn't done anything received the same amount, they say, hang on a second. I've spent all day to earn a denarius and these men haven't spent any time to earn a denarius. 
See, they're thinking through the lens of earning, not working. But the other men, they weren't trying to earn anything. I'd love to come and work. The master didn't even talk about money with them. He just said, come and work. And they said, yeah, that'd be great. They weren't expecting payment. When we chase the appearance, everything becomes something it's not. In sin, in the lie, everything becomes something it's not. Like the laborers of the vineyard, our workplace is not about helping and serving others, but getting a paycheck at the end of the day. Our performance is only a means to fame, not a blessing of others, not making music for the delight of their ears to serve them. It's for our sake. It's interesting that our society now openly acknowledges this. It doesn't even, it says, yeah, of course, that's, that's what we're doing. We don't end up playing with our kids. We're waiting for them to go to sleep. We're doing the thing today, but we're not really doing it. We're only doing it in order to get that thing tomorrow. The task, washing the dishes, we're not really doing it. It's just a hurdle that needs to be scaled to get the, to the thing that's behind it. We're not loving our spouse, but taking pleasure for ourselves. We're not giving to the poor, we're blowing our own trumpet. We're not praying, but trying to get things from a deity. We're not fasting, but we're judging others. The insincerity of working to get our good. When that takes place, nothing is actually being, that keyword being done. Everything is something that it's not. University is not about learning. It's about getting a degree so that I can get a job, so that I can get a paycheck. Everything becomes something that, that it's not. Insincere. All is a pretense. All is a sham. When we seek to try and get our good from the appearance, from the storing up of treasures on earth, from the holding to things on earth as if there's no ground and no root, rather than saying, the treasure is a heavenly father in heaven from whom all good things flow. You cannot serve God and wealth, God and the appearance. You cannot serve God and appearances at the same time. And so when we are seeking to cling to these things, we, our eyes are dulled to seeing and perceiving our Father in heaven. This is, this is why Jesus is concerned to speak about these things to us. And this is why over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at Jesus saying, so take no thought for your life. Don't worry. As soon as you worry about materiality and worry about whether you will have enough and whether we will have this and this and this and this, you will lose sight. Your eye will become dull to the presence of a Father in heaven who is hidden but who is ready and there to be seen if we have eyes to see
when we are serving wealth, you are less than your wealth. You are a slave of your wealth. God wants men and women, high creatures, not low. Not high who are over others, but high for the sake of others, to draw others up to the God that is high alone. For the one, the one who serves appearances, life becomes small. It all becomes about one particular thing. Those men weren't working, they were just earning. You can take it even further. When when you really start to, to pursue that one thing, our whole life is given over. It's a slavery to an object that is outside of us. God is saying, I want sons, not slaves. And so Jesus came to open our eyes. He came to to heal our eyes. His person that we come to seek to sit at the feet of this afternoon, who is now in heaven with his Father, his person is the invitation to let go of seeking for the appearances, seeking to take things for ourselves, thinking that we need to get our good rather than knowing that good already is. Good is, come what may, whether the, whether the building burns down or not, the good is there. It's in the mind of the architect. Whether our body burns down or not, the good is there. It's in the mind of God. God is our life. And, and to the extent that we don't know this and we don't see this, Jesus does not condemn us, but he says, come and, and come to me and say, um, spirit of God, would you open my eyes? Would you unveil the heavens before me here and now? And that is my prayer. I pray that will be your prayer as well. To recognize the presence of God with us here and now the untouchable, as Dan was saying, Earlier, the untouchable presence of God. Nothing can touch or destroy the, 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 the God. What can? They did their best to Jesus on the cross. And he rose again three days later to say, no, the evil man does not touch God. He is untouchable. Beginning and the end. And this is our life. He is our life. The God who is in the heavens. But while we serve and seek for the appearance to store up treasure on the earth, to get the praise of men. You know, Jesus, in, that, in those passages that we've been reading earlier, he says, they, they do this for the praise of men. They do this for the praise of someone that they see without a root, a, a man without, not a son of God, but just a man with no ground, with no hidden reality. Are we seeking for the praise of men or are we seeing no one according to the flesh any longer and saying, actually, all are created to be sons and daughters of the living God and to sink ourselves down into that reality, to be rather than appear. While we seek to get our good from anything outside of us rather than acknowledging God in us, our eyes will be blind to the God that is all things. And uh, 
So let's pray and ask for eyes that would be open.